Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. I've had some sad days and then a weary mind. But when I look about and I think all these things on out, all of my good days outweighs the bad days, I just can't complain. Sometimes dark clouds hang low, I'd like to see them go. I ask the question, Lord, why so much pain? But He knows what's best for me. my hands and say thank you Lord oh I thank you Lord I just can't complain oh God is so good to me he is so good to me Myself, it's, it's not um, uh, 
every church, as a matter of fact, sadly, there's a few churches that you go to, you can feel the worship, feel the presence of God. You're blessed beyond measure. And I love to be able to feel this presence and, and, and admire the worship. And um, I'm so thankful my wife, son, my granddaughter's with us. And uh, my granddaughter, uh, she's, um, I ask everybody to take a special prayer. Her mother has been trying for over a year and a half to get her visa uh, to come to the States. She was denied her visa over and over again. No reason. I'm an outlaw. She's so just coming to the border and coming across. But anyway, she's uh, it's the family. Is, my son is here working and trying to support his family. It's just a terrible deal. But I know that God can. And we know that he's working. And even when we can't see him working, we know he's working. So uh, I want to get into the word of God. And um, I'm not sure right after church if I get to greet you. They wired me up. I think we're going to meet up with the FBI. But um, I, uh, we're going to be interrogate someone. So if we ask to speak to you or see in the office, I need you to come immediately. But uh, well, ain't God good. The book of Philippians, the third chapter. If you were here last time, you know I'm different. Whatever that means. But um, I love church. I love living for God. I wouldn't swap it for nothing in this whole world. Praise God. Philippians, the third chapter, the 13th verse. When you there, say amen. I had another song with the drummer would just laugh at us. No, I'm just going. <laughs> if I can ever find somebody to get to, I'm going to. But, um, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind me. I wish you'd look at somebody and say, forgetting. And reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody put your Bibles down, clap your hands, and shout, God bless the word. You may be seated. Life and memories is a strange thing. I had a preacher, friend of mine, was an older gentleman, and his wife had Alzheimer's and put her in the nursing home and she she could not even recognize her husband, her children, her grandbabies. She didn't know anybody. But when she passed away, they found stacks of notebooks where she would sit and write scriptures and they said verbatim without a word missing. She would write scriptures down without a Bible next to her. She'd just write. It's amazing what the mind does. I remember going to visit my mother. She had Alzheimer's. And um, they, uh, I walked in. She's looking at me. I said, Mom, you know me? She said, I don't know you, baby, but I remember holding you in my arms. Man. <laughs> 
held you as a baby. Something about that. Yeah, I cried. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, a lot of times our memories gets us messed up because for some weird reason we think that the past is so much better. Right. It's weird, okay? And the Bible said, I'm forgetting the things of our heart. I wish I could just forget things. I wish I could just, I'm done. I know that a lot of y'all have such a spiritual rim about you. When somebody does you wrong, that's nothing. I, I got to bring it back up 10 years later like, hey, you remember? But anyway, I know y'all don't do it, but man, they, I try to forget, but it just don't work so great for me. But forgetting is not absolutely cutting it off, but it's fighting with all that you have. I'm trying to forget you. I'm trying to get past you. I got a sister that's, uh, is this a lot? Is this a You're weird if she's watching, but she'll call me and say, uh, Joe died. I'm like, Joe, 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 who's Joe? When we were kids, we were living next door to it. I'm like, I don't know Joe. Yeah, you do. I don't. Am I supposed to start crying or get emotional about Joe? Because I don't know what to do. I, I don't know Joe. But she's got this weird memory that can remember that stuff. But there's things that I try to forget and I try to get past. You know, as I, I, I pastored for years and I, I overseen churches, and I didn't deal with people that had to deal and worry so much about tomorrow or the future. The, the problems that I had pastoring was a lot of times things of the past that people had to battle and, and fight the past. That's where the, 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 the battle came in, was haunting memories of the past. And, and, and you know, in, in pastoring, I, I, I look back over things. When I was young, I thought I had to make everybody happy. And I found out that there's some people you'll never make them happy. Just forget it. I tried that pastor. Everybody say tried. Tried. I don't go. This guy wanted to have counseling with me every two or three days. There was something wrong. And probably the most haunting memories that I can remember was I promised my son, which is my granddaughter's dad, I promised him I'd take him fishing. And Brother Dodo called me. I gotta talk to you. If he would have just quit smoking and lying and running around, he'd probably been okay. But anyway, as a pastor, I thought, I gotta go and talk to him. And Brother Pastor Keys, it haunts me to think when I started backing down what felt like a mile long driveway, watching my little boy standing out there with his little glasses, his tackle box and his little fishing pole crying because I was going to try to pastor Brother Dodo. You said, that's hard. No, it's just truth. Right. And I thought about that and, and I still look back over like if I could have done some things different. Right. 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 If I would have handled it different, if I would have told that guy I'm going to recommend you a church down the road that pastor specializes in your problem or something and got rid of him and spent time with my son. Now, I, I regret it. I hate it. 
I thought I had to do that, but but some way I realize now we're partners in a business. He's my friend. We we're together all the time, and I'm trying to make it up, and and, and we got past that thing. But it's a haunting memory that I'm telling you that everybody here has to fight something like that that you regret and you hate. And you wish you'd have done different. It's too late. But I'm telling you that today is the best day to say, wait a minute. I can't help the past. I wish I could forget the past. I can't forget the past, but if God gives me a tomorrow, and if God gives me an afternoon, I'm going to make up the difference, do better by the grace of God. so great. The past is so good. And we talk about the past. And I, I'm going to tell you I was raised in the church. And the past, why we, we was if the brothers talking about the heat and how hot it was. And I, I, I got whippings. I don't understand why. But I, I remember we had the little, uh, what do you call it, space heaters in the corner. The church was cold in this part and hot over here. And it, and, 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 and it never was equal throughout. And I remember people in those double knit pants back then, those God forsaken abomination double knit pants. They went back up to get warm coming out of the cold. And, and I know it wasn't God, but something in me would make me grab their pants and pull it to them. And they'd hide and I'd get a whipping. And, and, and that wasn't good. I preached a youth camp. And, and, and in that camp, um, a preacher walked up. My dad had pastored in that town years ago, and he said, um, "Didn't your dad just pastor?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "He said I bought an old farmhouse, and in that farmhouse, I saw on the deed that your dad or some of the paperwork your dad used to be the owner there." And he said, "We're we hadn't even started remodeling, but I thought you might like to see it." I was in the town business, so I'd love to see it. Now I remember this farmhouse. We had. I think Dad had close to 100 acres. Even our front yard was probably three or four acre front yard. We had this 12 foot wrap around porch that went all the way around the house. When you go in, our bedrooms were like 20 by 20 with 12 foot ceilings. It was a giant, big old farmhouse. I was five years old when we moved from there. And when we drove back up, I had all these memories our five-acre front yard had shrunk up to probably a half and a quarter of an acre. This is, hmm. And, and I looked at that 12-foot porch, and some way it came into probably about five feet, and it didn't even wrap around. And I go into the house to see these big, big bedrooms, and they've been shrunk down to like 11 by maybe 12 or 11 by 11. It's weird how the old houses shrink. I know I'm, I'm starting to go over, but those 12 foot ceilings that dropped down about eight, maybe eight, nine feet, Brother Keith, it was the weirdest thing. It's not what I thought it was. But in my mind, I had magnified this thing. We kept, we kept toe straps. At our, our, we're blessed today. We used to have to pull everybody off and pop the cuts to go home from church. We, we didn't, you know, uh, uh, we had the kind of stuff, it, it, was, it was just our house was cold, Dad was home missions and hold the blanket in front of 
the uh, a heater, get it warm, wrap us up in it, put us to bed. And, and that, wasn't a, that wasn't all that great, to be honest with you. I like getting that little deal on the wall, and now we got it on our phone. You see that, and it's too hot, it's too cold. Isn't that cool? It really wasn't all that great back there. Because we had to go out and ice and snow and cold and get wood and bring it in. I know I sound old, and I didn't. My dad was just tight <laughs> But we think the past is this marvelous thing. I remember working with my brother. I'm, not, I'm going somewhere. So hang with me. I'm just talking about my past. I work with my ex-brother-in-law. What's the ex? Yeah, sometimes it's good. And um, I was working with my ex-brother-in-law. First time we ever been out of town working together. We're sharing a hotel room. He comes walking out in one of those muscle shirt things. And he had this tattoo on his arm. This big old heart. And it said, Vanessa. <laughs> Tattoos are a sign of temporary insanity. But, I, you know, whatever. But it's, this big tattoo said, Vanessa. He's married to my sister, and her name is Sonia. You see the problem? <laughs> that eye, right eye of me plucking out. You don't say nothing about the cutting off the arm. But soon, I'm like, man, who's Vanessa? He said, oh. Ooh. Vanessa, he began to describe her, and God had blessed her in every way. <laughs> she was beautiful. She was this, she was that. Oh, Vanessa. And I'm thinking, my sister's a beautiful girl. Very pretty woman. Matter of fact, a lot of people thought we were twins. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, um, if Vanessa was so blessed, why did you marry my sister? He was like, ooh. And, and if you're a newlywed or been married a little bit, let me tell you, when you start bragging on the past, don't be stupid. <laughs> Mama's biscuits are so much better. Yeah, but Mama can't kiss like she can, so you better <laughs> shut up. That was extra, okay? But, so he was just... Ooh, over Vanessa. And he married my sister, Sonia. And so we was at a Shoney's a few days later, and this lady comes waddling, or walking up, and she hadn't shaved in days. She goes, Michael. He goes, Vanessa. And I'm like, God is so good. Is this the Vanessa? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> it ain't what you thought it was. So what you try to do is say, wait a minute. I can dwell on this stuff. I can go on about this stuff. Or I can shut up, get past the past, and move forward. On, Amen. I, I read a crazy thing. I read where there's some people that been in bondage. And they had been bound. And... They were slaves, and they were the, the, the better they would do, the harder they was driven. They were speed on the back. They was they was forced to work. And God sent a man by the name of Moses, and he, he by the divine word of God and the power of God and the intervention of God, God let them out, led them across the Red Sea, brought parted waters, and and wiped out their enemies. 
make it down the road a little bit after they've watched the miracle after miracle. They've seen the divine hand of God. They have watched, they have watched their enemies be wiped out. I'm talking about they, they get to the sea and, and what we're going to do and God rolled it back and they walked on dry land and the enemy comes and the enemy drowned it. Right. Yeah. Drowned them all. Anybody, some professor done a study and said, well, the study said that the way the water worked, that it was just like ankle deep water. And some guy said, awesome. That meant a whole powerful army drowned it in ankle deep water. I'll take a miracle anyhow. And so they, they get down the road and they watch deliverance of God. They watch the miracles of God over and over and all of a sudden they did the Bible said they set crime when they remembered Egypt. What's it crying about? Well we got to thinking about how good the beans were. Yeah that's in the Bible. Oh they had some good leeks and they had some good garlic. I'm sitting here thinking wait a minute. You're crying over beans? And garlic? My wife won't even kiss me if I eat garlic. Are y'all crying about it? Let me just tell you something. I'm from Louisiana. I have never, and I love garlic, but I've never cried over garlic. Onions, yeah, but I'm, I've never cried over that. I'm sitting there thinking, you're crying about beans and garlic when God had give you a miracle? Listen to me. Don't you get petty about little bitty things that don't amount to a hill of beans and let the devil turn you away from the house of God because all you can think about is some little silly thing that don't amount to a hill of beans. Hey, I'm telling you that God has delivered you and he's brought you to the house for such a time as this. Quit dwelling on the little things that you can't have and that you miss. You've got to get past the past. But get those things up behind you. You've had a little conflict here and there. You've had things that you didn't like. Forget about them. Say, ask for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. Shout yes to him. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Children of Israel. Can mom and daddy come here for just a minute? Stand them up and say, children, before you get so obsessed with this and you get so caught up with this, I know this is going to be just a little crude, but pull your shirt up, daddy, and let everybody see the whip marks on your back and the tears and the rips. You was not your own. You was a slave in bondage. But look what the Lord has done. If I can tell you in the spiritual realm, sometimes you need to back up to a spiritual mirror. Pull your shirt up and say, I was on drugs. I was on alcohol. I was in sin. I was broken. I was busted. Nothing was going my way. My marriage was broke. But I came to the Lord. And look what the Lord has done. I'm not going back. I'm not turning. 
is wanting to help you. Paul said, the Apostle Paul wrote 14 books of the Bible. He was, he was the greatest revivalist that you could find. Across the Asia Minors, he brought revival. How many is responsible today because he stood and preached it? But he said, I fight this deal. It buffets me. He said, it's a thorn in my flesh. Daily it buffets and bothers me. Why? You're supposed to have all this holy stuff. Man, you're writing Bible and, and saying stuff about Jesus. And you, you, you're supposed to be holy. Yeah, but something's buffing me. There's, there's scholars, some scholars say it was his eyesight where he's blinded on the road. I don't know. So if everybody else can have a conjuncture and figure out something and say it's this and that, eyesight, I thought he had a mother-in-law. I could, that would make sense. It bothers me every day. But could I just say that Paul for you that was not aware of Apostle Paul, he was a persecutor of the church. People died because of him dragging them out to the streets and stoning them to death. He got converted. But that don't mean that everything just went away. If, if I could just do a Tim Joyner's subtopic or whatever you call it on the side, I could see Paul in a good service like we're having today. And, and, and Paul eases up next to the pastor, Pastor Keys. Who's that young man that's leaping for joy and dancing and so excited? That's, um, man, Brother Paul, that's Stephen Jr. Stephen, Stephen Jr. Stephen, Stephen. You remember the one that was stoned to death? Yeah. Ah. Uh, and he goes home. That's his son. This is conjecture. Okay, that was his son. Then there's, who's that woman that's loving God and worshiping? That's Sister Stephen. Oh, and he had to live with all the things he'd done wrong. Right. He had to battle with the things he'd done wrong. We can, we can argue it all day, but that's my version. Could it be that, that every day, every service he walked into, he saw this happening? He had to battle it in his mind. Can I tell you that even my, I've lived on the foreign fields and traveled the world and preached the gospel. But there's almost daily, I have to go back and visit normal. Get that out. Things that's happened. Things that's hurt. Betrayal. People that's turned their back and I wrestle with it. But you know what feeds me? when I'm walking to the house of God. I stood there in the back today and I wept, I leaped, I shouted, I danced. Yeah. I even got with them on that song when I think of His goodness or something about dancing all night, all night, all night. I can't even sleep all night, but I danced anyway. <laughs> that battle, that battle, that battle. Everybody here has that battle. Right, right, right. Don't look back. 
you're in the right place. Would you come to the music? Second Samuel 4 and 4. And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five year old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. His nurse, if I say his nurse, took him up and fled. And it came to pass as she made hastily that he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. Wait a minute. His nurse picked him up and started to run, dropped him, and now he's lame and crippled. It wasn't his fault. Do you, do you get that? It, it, it was not something he done wrong. It was not his fault. But now for the rest of his life, he's having to deal with this lameness. When they began to look into him, David said, I want to do something special. And they said, there's the shelf, but he's down. Where, where's he at? I want to be a blessing to him. And well, it's not a pretty sight. He's down at a place called Lulavar, a place of desolation, a place of darkness, Lulavar. Nobody wants to be in Lulavar. That's what life threw his way. Not that he could help it, but life gave him a lullabar. Wow. It's not fair. Life is just not fair. Things happen to good people. Life is not fair. Go down to lullabar and get the Bishop. Listen, he's a mess. Bring him. They go down, sure they scared this guy to death, the king's guards said, the king wants to see you. They take him up, they bring him into the king's presence. Can I do a little side note? When you get in the king's presence, no matter how much darkness, no matter how much lameness, no matter how much brokenness, oh, there's something about being in the presence. Of the king. Here he is. What is it, King? What do you want? I want to take the shelf. I want to restore to you everything you've lost. You're coming out of Lodabar. They take him, restore his home, restore his land, give him back his servants, everything. King says, Here. Give him my robes. Anytime I can just picture when there was a feast made, King David said, Go and get Mephibosheth, put him in a royal robe, and bring him to me. Set him at the king's table. He's crippled. He's okay. He would take him, set him down. Are these separate? Yeah. They take this crippled man, 
You know, they didn't allow that kind of stuff in the presence of the king. You have to be just perfect. Thank God for David. They would bring him in, set him down. As the governors and kings and priests and everybody began to come in, they would look and they'd be like, who's that guy on the end that's so dressed up? I don't know, but he's got to be somebody special to sit next to the king. He's not just sitting on these sub-tables, he's sitting at the king's table. How is it? Who is he? Whispers go around the tables. We can't figure out who he is, but we know he's somebody. The beauty of Mephibosheth restoration and the brokenness of the past. No, 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 no. The, the lameness didn't go away. He didn't get a miracle. But when you sit him at the king's table, you can't see the crippleness. You can't see the brokenness. You can't see the molestations and hurts. You can't see it. Do you understand me? When you sit at the king's table, all we see is the royal robe that God has robed you in. When I look at you, sis, I look at you, brother, I know you may have marks of sin from the past, but all I can see is somebody loving God. That, that God said, come here. I'm bringing you out of Lola Bar. I'm taking you out of desolation. I'm taking you out of brokenness. Come. Come to the king's table. Whoosh. But you don't know what I was. You don't know where I've been. It don't matter. Just come to the king's table. God wants to restore. God's speaking, sir. Come to the king's table. That's right. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Look what he's doing. What you see is a man in church, but you don't know where he's been. You don't know what he's been through. You don't know his heart. Somebody have me pray. Come on, brother. There's other people in here. God's speaking to your heart. Oh, you've been hurt. You've been broken. Yes, 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 yes. Come on, he's restored. Help me pray, sis. Help me pray. He's calling you. Somebody else to come to the king's table. 
just God speaking in your heart right now. He wants to bring you from Lullabar. It's a place of restoration. Come on, I know you hurt from the past, but let's pray. God's going to give you a greater future. In the name of Jesus, I bind depression. I come against depression that you've been battling. I loosen you to the joy of the Lord. I loosen you unto the joy. Come on, sis, there's a breakthrough right now. God is going to do a work. He Come on, come on. Hey, can you pray with someone? Would you find someone to pray with? The Spirit. Come on, the King's table's here. I invite you to come to the King's table. If you want special prayer, why don't you come and sit down? Come on, God is calling you. Come on, you want a special touch. 